Hello, and welcome once again to a new episode of Cubicle Confidential, where you have questions and we have answers. I'm Chris DeSantis, and let me introduce my co-host, author, speaker, and as of June, host of Friday Afternoon Live on LinkedIn, the busiest woman on social media, Mary Abijay. <laughs> hey, Krista Sanchez. Hey, I thought our name of our show was Cubicle Confidential, weekly advice for the working stuff. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> but then I like to mix it up every once in a while. Got it. Well, hello, everybody. Let me tell you about <laughs> my co-host who likes to mix it up, uh, Chris DeSantis. Chris is an author, a speaker, an organizational consultant that works with all kinds of organizations, helping them create great workplaces and people who are great in them. And so, Chris, it is a delight, as always, to see you this week so that we can tackle all the big problems that people are having out there in the work world. Excellent. Well, and you know, today's uh, topic, Mary, I think you're going to like this. I hope others like it as well, is humor. <laughs> and today's episode is titled... Joy-free zone, which Wait. I think could be the U.S. over the last year. So, Chris, so do, when you say humor, do you mean like funny, like I amuse you, I'm a clown, or funny, like haha? Well, that's really good because it's actually one of the questions that comes up in here. I think it's humor in the workplace, and what is what is relevant to that? What is humor? How is it used? When does it work? When doesn't it work? So, and let's take you, Mary. You 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 have a nice work. You have a, you're a joyful person, and your workplace sounds joyful, right? So I think that's true. So what about, is it a joyful place? Is humor appropriate there? And if it is, what's it look like where you work? Well, Chris, I think you're very kind to call me a joyful <laughs> person. I'm not sure my husband or my employees would agree with you, but oh. I, given that they might, I would say yes. I have a very happy work, uh, uh, workplace. Uh, humor is very important to my team and I. Uh, we, we do make each other laugh as often as possible. And quite frankly, given the work we do, which is organizational development, talent development, we facilitate a lot of group interaction, whether it's a training or a meeting. And I I would say like humor is really important. And in fact, I tell my clients like when they hire us, like you, do you guys have a sense of humor? Because my people do. And I will even tell them, you know, Kristen's sense of humor is like this. Robin's sense of humor is like this. And with me, you can expect that because I think people learn better when they're laughing. So yeah, we take humor very seriously at Career Stone. We take humor seriously, but not ourselves. I think you made a really interesting point here because when I re read about this, because I tend to like to get my audiences to laugh if it's appropriate to do so. And when I read about it, what one of the things about humor is when it works, of course, is that it, it, it reduces resistance to listening. So an you can slip ideas in more readily if they're laughing with you. Of course, laughing with you is the key here, right? So, <laughs> Well, I'll, I don't mind if they want to laugh at me now and then, but I agree. Once you can get people laughing, I mean, studies have shown this. Like when people are laughing or they're sharing in a joke, it makes them much more open to ideas. It makes them much more open to relationships. It builds social connection and it even helps reduce stress. I read this one study that, you know, all the stupid cat videos that people watch at work and they laugh and we like people... Uh like uh -huh. us make fun of them. But they did this really interesting study where they found people that were tasked with something really challenging, if you showed them a funny video or something funny, whether a cat video or a New Yorker cartoon, whatever your pick, people who are uh, in the throes of a humorous experience will actually stick with a difficult task longer. 
Oh no, that's interesting. Isn't that that's interesting? interesting? Well, well, I guess it's it's an it's it's a uh, it's a positive emotion which probably releases what is that dopamine or one of those drugs in your system that you sort of enjoy having. So I think it's a great break. Now, Chris, um, you're one of the funniest people I've ever met, especially on stage. <laughs> like you are hilarious. Have you ever had a joke go bad on you? Well, that's a, yeah. It's interesting because I, I do like to get people to laugh because then I feel like they're actually there. You know what I'm saying? They're there. Uh, but I, I jokes going bad. You know, have I ever bombed? I think is the question. And yeah, I yes, I have. I have. I in fact, I remember <laughs> it was. A, I thought it was funny. I, I followed a guy named uh, who wrote the book True True North. I can't True remember. North. Somebody. I can't remember. But anyway, he wrote this book and I followed him on a presentation and he, they were discussing his book. And, and then I said, then I got on stage and I said, you know, I have a book too, but then I, I had to return it to the library. Well, there was crickets in the room, <laughs> which I thought was a very funny line, but oh my God, those moments of silence when you're just up there alone, they're just, you just feel, what's the phrase? Naked below the waist. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> Do you think it's because the joke was bad or that people just didn't get it? Cause I think that's pretty funny. Well, I think the, I think I was speaking to, I thought the joke was funnier than the circumstances of the audience allowing it to be. <laughs> so, uh, well, what are you going to do? You got to take a risk. By the way, being humorous is in itself a risk because I think you already said this, uh, Mary, is that each of us has our own sort of version of humor and a sense of humor, whatever that is, and it doesn't always click. In fact, uh, we, we're going to talk about that a little later. Uh, we should get in the first question, but I would like to say, uh, when we talk about it, because you you're, you're, you know this, is that I think there are different uh, types of humors associated with different personality types. Absolutely. And different so, genders, I think, too, which I know we'll talk about oh. as we go forward. And speaking of that, let's let's start with the first of these let's questions. Let's do it. Let's see. Okay. That was our first question. Is it me? Is it me is our first question. I'm a director at a healthcare consulting firm, and I just had a visit from HR. Apparently, one of my new staff members was greatly offended by an off-the-cuff comment I made about her dress. Okay. She asked me a question, and I jokingly said, I'm sorry, you'll have to speak up. I can't hear you over your dress. <laughs> Apparently, the pattern was really loud, right? Anyway, that exact same joke uh, got guffaws from a staffer the day before when I said the th same thing to him about his tie. So what gives? Can't anyone joke with people anymore without the people police slapping you on the wrist? And interestingly enough, signed, do I look like a clown? <laughs> do I amuse you? <laughs> do I amuse I love that scene. I love that scene. It's a great scene. All right. So yeah, first of all, what was his name again? Do I look like a clown? Do I look like a clown? Let's just call him Bozo. I'm just going to call him Bozo Assface, okay? So, or Ass Clown, because you know what? That's what he is. First of all, the joke's not very funny. He broke the cardinal. I mean, it is kind of funny, like in a remote sort of way. He broke the cardinal rule of telling jokes, which is know your audience. He mm. clearly didn't understand his audience. And the thing about making jokes like that, like you can make those jokes like that. And what he did basically is he really made a joke that was judgmental uh, and a little mean spirited. 
towards somebody's mm -hmm. appearance. You can mm -hmm. do that with maybe your best friend, a spouse or a husband or someone that you have that kind of repartee with. But he didn't, you know, and why another man may guffaw at that because men don't care about their ties. I think women take their dresses very seriously. If he had said that to me, I would be so angry at him because what his joke did was embarrass her. And that's never a good idea. You know, read, listening to that question, made me think of the show, which is one of my favorite shows in the whole world, Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry oh, yeah, David, who is yeah. constantly getting into trouble for making really bad jokes like that. So I think it's a slippery slope, but I mean, dude, it wasn't very funny. Know your audience. And he needs to go and apologize to her in a big way. Well, I agree with you. I think he needs to apologize to her and I think he has to know his audience and I think he has to uh, realize that there are repercussions for the kind of humor he's using. Now, in his defense, I think he didn't <laughs> see her as the woman that she is, but rather as a new staffer. And I think he was viewing this staffer like the other staffer and he was using his approach to humor, which is a hazing approach, the teasing of another because that becomes the rite of passage. And so when you tease somebody, they now are in on, in on things because they're a member of the tribe. So I think he was trying to make her feel that she's a member of the tribe. And so I think there was an innocent uh, naivete on his part, but I agree with you. This kind of humor, is uh, this negative approach to him, the, the tease or the attack or the the the, in, in this case, the, the poor choice, <laughs> uh, doesn't necessarily bring her closer. It probably brought her further away. So I agree with you. I think the, the apology is in order, but I think he should explain the intention behind it to her so that they, they still repair that dis difference between them. Yeah, you know, the thing about, I mean, that's a good point about the teasing. He was definitely teasing her. And I think what it's important to understand when you're teasing someone is teasing has kind of some rules to it, right? There's kind of some, some, yes. uh, kind of some, what's the word? Like not structure, but there's some implicit agreement that we have about what's, yes. what it is okay to tease each other about and what it isn't. I know, like I grew up in a family where we teased each other mercilessly. And I will say to this day, I probably am scarred from it. Uh, but, <laughs> There are some things that we can, I think that it's safe to tease unknown people about, and there's some things that there it's not. And I, and I think about like, don't tease people about things they may be insecure over, um, because that could be, that's going to be a slippery slope. Like for me, you can yes. tease me all day about things I'm good at, but don't tease me about something that I'm insecure over because I will hate you forever. Nope, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think we agree on this. I, I've also thought there was an interesting thing you're talking about here is the, the difference in gender, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, where the, the, the boys sort of use hazing as a rite of passage and the girls uh, uh, probably don't engage that way. When I say boys and girls, I really mean uh, children at this point. Uh, and so in how we, they tease each other in the play and how, how girls don't, although, can little girls be mean? Are little girls mean in the in a way that these little girls are like? We are so good at being mean when we know how to be mean. I mean. You can see our producer Jack, who has a little girl, going, "Oh yeah, hell yeah!" So here's the thing: so I did a lot of research on the difference between humor and gender humor, and it's really, really fascinating. So uh -huh. men tend to use humor uh, that's a more aggressive and assertive humor, like straight in your face humor, like really straight up mm -hmm. teasing. Um, they are really good at going right at it. Women tend to use humor that is more like men like the hostile the jokes the one-liners men like what's called active or slapstick humor right like benny hill and mm -hmm. stuff like that the three stooges think about that like that's classic male humor 
Women sure. tend to like humor that's more narrative based, that's more story based, um, that's more self deprecating. So women aren't as likely to straight up tease you to be humorous. They'll do that when they're trying to be mean. Uh, so oh. when girls are aggressive or you asked about how girls get mean, the research says that girls tend to be much more kind of passive aggressive or indirect in their aggression. Uh, so they'll tease you, they'll socially isolate you, they will talk about you behind their back where men are just going to punch you in the face. Uh, so right. and this one, this one um, researcher said, basically think of it like this. Uh, when uh, little boys are mean, they are going to put you in headlocks. When little girls are mean, they're going to use head games. <laughs> or, or oh, the, that's great. Or in the words of Elaine Dennis from Seinfeld, we're just going to tease you until you get an uh, eating disorder. That's what that's what girls do. <laughs> so teasing for women usually isn't a friendly gesture. It's usually uh, a passive aggressive gesture. Wow. Well, I think I think it comes from how the the, cul I, the culture of boys and the culture of girls, and the culture of boys is wanting up, one upping somebody, yeah. and the culture of girls is more the uh, affiliative about a, sort of a deflecting of, of of compliments. You know, more there is no most beautiful princess. We're all beautiful princesses. Whereas boys will will, will use this as both a, a power mechanism and sort of a, a where do I stand in the hierarchy of things? Yeah. And what a girl will do is they may say to your face, we're all beautiful princesses, but behind your back, I'm going to say, well, really that Chris DeSantis, not so much a princess and not so much beautiful. Like we're going to, we're going to undermine your social standing, but we're not going to do it to your face. That's, that's what girls do. You know, something else I've learned about the humor, which I thought was really, uh -huh. really interesting is that um, both genders apparently uh, favor, you know, humor. They both genders like humor, right? Uh, sure. But what human doesn't like humor? What human? Yeah, what human doesn't? But what they find is that women seek out men who are funny. So he, people who can produce humor, oh, yeah. right? Uh, men seek out women who will laugh at their jokes. So <laughs> they want it's women perfect. who appreciate humor, but they don't necessarily care whether the woman is funny. But the women, women actually look to find men who are funny. Wow, that's Isn't so that interesting. Well, I, I've heard this before, that, that women look for men that have a sense of humor. Yeah. I've heard that. I have not heard, to your point, that... Men look for women with a sense of humor. No, men look for women with a sense of humor, but not to produce the humor, to laugh at right. their jokes, to humor appreciate. Which is interesting. Yeah. Because they might not have a sense of humor. They are just laughing at your jokes because you may not be funny. Well, they just want their... <laughs> yeah, but that's a good point. I think if you're able to appreciate humor, that means you have a sense of humor. You may not be a humor production person, but you're a humor appreciation person. Don't you think you oh, may no, have no, a no, sense of humor? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. No, we're, we're, we're not. I'm, I'm saying that uh, uh, th this man who's getting a reception to his jokes may not actually be funny. She's just interested in the man and she's pretending he is funny by laughing. And so he's buying into this theater well, of her actually laughing. Welcome to the male female world. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, Chris, let me ask you, that's... did you grow up in a funny family? Uh, no, actually, I don't think that I did. I think that I might have been funny, although I, I would argue my brothers probably imagine them each themselves to be funny in their own way. I think it, we, we but no, I, I don't, I don't have any recollection. I had an uncle that was very funny, Uncle Jack. He was very funny. He was a natural comedian. What about you? 
You, you said there was a lot of teasing in your house. Yeah, so I, most everyone in my family has a great sense of humor. Um, I would say my sister and my brother are definitely the funny ones. Stephanie and Dina are super funny. Uh, I'm only funny in a group. Uh, one-on-one, I don't think I'm very funny. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're funny. Funny ha-ha? Funny ha-ha or funny weird. <laughs> but, my, but I definitely appreciate humor, but I may not be the humor production person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, although I've never been good with jokes, which brings us to probably uh, our, our second question. Let's do it. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. Okay, this is the title of the episode, The Joy-Free Zone. <laughs> I like this question. Okay, here we go. A termite walks into a bar and asks, is this bartender here? <laughs> okay, there's more. There's more. The future, the present, and the past walk into a bar. Things got a little tense. <laughs> Wait, there's more. Four fonts walk into a bar. The bartender says, "Hey, we don't want we don't want your type in here." <laughs> I mean, how dumb are these? I can do this all day. I love jokes. But I was told in no uncertain terms that I need to take it down a notch. <laughs> I work third shift at a distribution center. My workmates laugh, but my boss says I'm being unprofessional, so I'm not supposed to do it. It's who I am. It makes me happy and it makes others laugh. What do I do about my boss? And oh, 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 and oh, a blind man walks into a bar and a table and a chair. <laughs> Oh. Signed, Nigel. Oh, my God, Nigel. First of all, Nigel. I got to tell Nigel. you, I'm a sucker Nigel. for a good punny joke. <laughs> and these are fantastic. And I'm actually going to put them into my rotation. And what I really appreciate about <laughs> Nigel's question is that as you and all three of our listeners may know by now is I'm a former bar owner. So anything oh. that walks into a bar makes oh. me laugh, right? So right. Uh, my favorite one is, hey, Chris, did you know the sandwich walks into the bar and says, hey, bartender, can I get a beer? Bartender looks at the sandwich and says, mm, I'm sorry, we don't serve sandwiches here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I am all about dumb, punny jokes like this. I yes. love it. But here's the thing. For whatever reason, his boss doesn't find this Nigel funny, right? His boss either doesn't have a sense of humor or doesn't appreciate the stupid, punny jokes, uh, mm -hmm. which are kind of also, these are also kind of dad jokes too. Mm -hmm. uh, so that I would say to this, listen, know your audience. If your boss is around, can the jokes, like do your, do your stand-up, open mic night in the break room when your boss isn't around, keep it on the down low. Maybe you can find out what your boss does think is funny and tailor your humor, but I don't think he has a whole, you know, a whole bunch of room to wiggle here. If it's going to annoy his boss, try to keep it on the QT. Uh, just be more judicious about when you tell you what jokes you tell and who's around when you tell them. Um, but you know, it's too bad because I think this is kind of funny. <laughs> no, I, I I'm with you on that. I, I think it's funny too. Um, I think, I guess my thought on this was, I wonder what the real problem is here. We're only hearing the boss talking to him. And you know, to make an issue out of something about this, about humor on the third shift of a distribution center, yeah. tells me there's possibly more going on. So Nigel, um, I, I would ask Nigel, and, and again, he mentioned it in this, right? Um, 
my workmates laugh. Now, it's interesting. I, I, I know this is a really hard question. Now, are they actually laughing or are they laughing politely? Oh, good question. And I don't know. And I, typically people who are naive to how, if, if they're being seen as funny or not, don't pay attention to the nuance of the difference. So, um, because uh, do you have to try hard to get them to laugh or is your humor only about telling jokes? And I got to tell you, if your humor is only jokes, only jokes, that's going to get stale in about 30 minutes because there's only so many jokes I can take in on any given day. So I think one of the challenges for poor Nigel is I think he's earnest. I think he's an earnest guy. And I think he's trying to sort of, you know, okay, I, got, I got some joy here and I'm sharing that. Uh, and I, he's got a joie de vie, right? But my advice here, uh, Nigel, is use, use your humor as a punctuation mark through the day because then, then it becomes a lot more powerful and appropriate and never turning it into a monologue that lasts for eight hours, which you isn't know, sustainable. It just occurred to me, Nigel just could be that annoying guy that never yes. shuts the F up, like, and is exactly. constantly rattling him off. And you're right. His the, his co-workers on the third shift may have gotten the boss and said, can you please make exactly. him stop? Yeah. So there's so either way, I think we're both in agreement. He needs to can it a little bit. He needs to reconsider, be a little more judicious about his rapid job. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, although I, I'll tell you, Nigel, listen, if you're listening, you are an earnest individual because you did write in and you are concerned about it that makes that puts you two notches ahead of most humanity you aren't just telling jokes blindly you're saying in effect is there something here i should be doing differently yeah but only because it's only because his boss told him <laughs> yes but i would i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't squelch your humor i would just make sure that it's it, they're responding to it as you intended them to yeah. So um really nice, interesting Nigel. yeah okay so here's the other thing about being able to tell jokes and being funny I think everybody needs to have one good joke under their belt. You never know when you're going to need to use it. In the, the workshops and facilitations that we do, when people are late, like in the very beginning, and we even do it virtually now, uh, we'll say to people, those who come late have to either tell a joke or bust out a dance move. And the people <laughs> that are able to like come in and they get the, they get the news from everybody that they have to tell a joke or bust a dance move. Those that have a joke on the ready and they're usually stupid punny jokes like this. I mean, people just fall in love with them. So I think everyone needs to have a good joke on the ready. Yeah, I wish I had a good joke to share with you now. My favorite joke was, um, actually my very favorite joke is the aristocrats. <laughs> Which I love okay, that. Joke. I can't believe that you even brought up the aristocrats on this family friendly show. Oh my God. People, those of you who don't know what the aristocrats is, it's the dirtiest joke in the entire world. And <laughs> Google it, GTS it, Google that stuff because they actually even did a documentary on it, oh, uh, the aristocrats. It's a foul joke. It's so it's foul. logical, it's what it is. Yes, but it's so foul. In fact, if you do get to watch the documentary, which I would recommend that you do, I thought the mimes version of the joke was one of my favorites that I've ever seen. As I don't, I'm not a fan of mime. I think they went out of style in the Middle Ages, I would guess, but they still went, lingered around for a while. But uh, it is my favorite joke, and I'm sorry I can't tell you in any in any way that would do it justice. All right, a couple. I'm gonna have a couple of quizzes for you, real fast. First of all, yes. the Three Stooges, funny or not funny? 
Oh, funny. Very. F- Although, which Three Stooges? That was always the original con- three. Or yes. we'll take not Joe. Joe doesn't count. Mo, Larry, and Curly. The, the Mo, big Larry, ones. and Curly were my favorites. Right. All right. Um, how Shemp about? I had trouble with. Yeah, Chef was okay. Uh, how about uh, Mr. Bean? No, I did not like Mr. Bean. I tried to like Mr. What about Laurel and Hardy? Nah. What about what about uh, Monty Python? Oh, did like Monty Python. Oh, you know who else I like? Mae West and W.C. Fields together. Uh, I love that. How about Bob Hope? You know, anyone under 50 has no idea who we're talking about. Bob Hope, oh, Bob funny or Hope, not funny? No, not funny. Stephen Wright. <laughs> not funny. Bob Hope, very funny. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, no. And with, no, no. Emo and Phillips. Oh, not funny. Oh, no. Funny, 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 funny. Conan O'Brien. Ah, uh, can be funny. Can be Hilarious. funny. Can what be is very wrong funny. With you? We may be, we may have to break up now if you don't think Conan and... Okay, what no, about... No, no, it can be funny. All right, what about... We got, well, I got time for one more and then we got to go. Uh, all right, so what is your position on Louis C.K.? Oh, I do like Louis C.K. I like Louis C.K. as an actor, not just as a comedian. But what do you think now? Like, can he ever make a comeback? Ah. This is tough. This is tough. Can he walk back from what happened? I I, hmm. I, I, I don't know. The world we're living in now is so hard on each other. We, we are so less likely to forgive. So I don't know what the answer to that is. But if, if we are all... If you were giving Louis C.K. some workplace advice, and by the way, I think he's one of the funniest people ever. And when he found out, when I found out he did what he did, he's yeah. dead to me. And it just breaks my heart. So what advice do we have for Louis C.K.? Can he redeem himself? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. You're, 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 there's two questions here. Can he redeem himself in the public arena? And can he redeem himself in the private arena? I just care I, about the public. Yes. And I, I would first go with the private. I would say you, he has apologies to make to everyone that was involved with what he did. And, and then beyond that, I think those mea copas shouldn't be the expectation that he is forgiven, but rather the uh, recognition, in fact, that he is he is he is basically trying to change uh, as the public forgive him or not hey they they forgave uh mel gibson it seems that's true that's true so all right well i think we've made some fine progress hopefully louis ck if you're listening please feel free to reach out to us because we can help you <laughs> yes, oh, yes i'm sure i'm sure he'll be writing us quite soon it's keeping confidential who knows what what happens here doesn't stay here <laughs> doesn't stay here <laughs> Goes out to the world. All right. Well, I think we've made some fine progress today. So happy that we had so many listeners joining us today. Hopefully you have stayed through to the end. So thank you. Huge note of thanks to our amazing, overworked, yet still underpaid producer, Mr. Jack Edinger. If you have a workplace question or a cubicle dilemma, give us a shout. No question is too large. No question is too small or clearly too sensitive because we'll take it on. There are lots of ways where you can reach us. Please email us info at cubicleconfidential.com or tweet us at cubicleconfide1 or connect with us on LinkedIn. Mary Abajay or Chris DeSantis. People were easy to find. We're everywhere. So until next week, work hard, be kind, always keep it classy, America. And Jack, cue that music. <laughs>